Welcome to Empowered Conversations. I'm your host, Susie Petrozzi. This podcast will take you on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery through conversations with special guests that will inspire you to live the life of your dreams. Get ready now for an Empowered Conversation. Hello and welcome. Hope you're doing really well wherever you may be listening in from. I'm Susie and I'm keen to start and to introduce you my next guest. Her name is Anne Ayres, who is a hypnotherapist. Um, she's uh, working here in Sydney's Inner West. I met Anne in one of the networking meeni- uh, meetings maybe, oh goodness, I don't know, uh, quite a few years back now. And hypnotherapy is something that really speaks to me. Uh, but I wanted to first dive in and ask a little bit about Anne's journey, how she came to do hypnotherapy and just explore, explore this journey of hypnotherapy and what it can offer us. So Anne, thank you so much for um, um, having this conversation with me today. Oh, thanks Susie, yes. Yeah, pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just want to, because I remember you shared with me that you actually didn't start out being a hypnotherapist. So can you share how you started out on this journey of becoming a hypnotherapist? Uh, it all started really 20 years ago because I've been doing hypnotherapy for 20 years. But prior to that, I ended up with a really bad back. I think I must have been doing some digging in the garden and I found that it was really painful. So I found a chiropractor to go to to get some treatment for it. After a couple of treatments, he said to me, have you thought about seeing a hypnotherapist? And I didn't say anything. It came as a shock actually because I couldn't, No, I I had never even thought of hypnotherapy in any way whatsoever Mm. and I couldn't work out then what the correlation between him thinking um, about my bad back and seeing a hypnotherapist. I realized now that I was holding a lot of stress in my back and he must have been feeling that when he was working with me. Um, I suppose what I did then, I mean, I continued seeing him and getting the treatments, but it actually planted a seed as to what hypnotherapy was and why would it be considered for that. So I actually started, I actually asked him if he had a thought about where I might be able to do some training in it. He recommended a place. I looked them up and then I rang and said, um, I'd like to learn some medical hypnosis. And um, Frank, the fellow, said to me, look, uh, have you done any hypnotherapy at all? And I said, no. And he said, well, you've got to start at the beginning. So when he started his first lot of classes, I then joined in and went along to those. I must say that at the time when I went, I looked at the people in the room and I thought, oh, they're all a bit weird. (laughs) And um, I think now I've become one of those weird people too. (laughs) I'm just curious then, hang on, how are they all a bit weird? (laughs) I I have come from a science background. Mm -hmm. So to be around people who 
think alternatively was something that I wasn't used to. Mm, okay. And so just seeing the, the, the difference in the way they worked with things and the way they were just was uh, quite different from the people that I'd have been associating with. Mm. And tell me, like, it's interesting what you were saying about the chiropractor and then him, him suggesting, presuming it was a male, suggesting to you to consider hypnotherapy, but you didn't actually seek a hypnotherapist. You sought training. It, it planted a seed and then that sprouted into you considering um, extra training for yourself. I was looking more as for the reason as to why he would consider that. Ah. At the time, I was working at Ride TAFE College around an, in an educational facility, and I was just more interested in looking at, I suppose, just looking at different things. Mm. Um, so, no, I never actually saw a hypnotherapist to address oh, wow. my back. I went and did the training instead or I started off doing what was the preliminary course that was being offered and it really just hooked me. Mm. I realized that a lot of the stresses that I had, um, relaxation and just sort of being calmer made a huge difference too. Um, in the end, I actually worked out or I found out that I had a herniated disc, so mm. there was a, a major physical problem there, but the hypnotherapy sort of lent me on a different pathway to make some huge changes in my life. Mm. So tell me about that. Like, I don't know how long that journey was of you studying and doing the training, uh, shall we say training, because hypnotherapy is... Obviously, there's a lot of um, there's, there's a big practical component to it. But what did that start to open you up to? Like, how did it start to change you as a person, who you were at the time prior to doing the training, and then as you embarked on that training? It changed the way I started to look at things. It, the thing that really made a huge difference was the training was in different modules and in the first module I'd been going I suppose for about a month my son at the time had I had actually that's right his scouting unit was selling raffle tickets mm. I I actually took the raffle tickets to work and sold them there was $40 worth and so when I came back I said to him now just put them in a safe place and um, you've got them there to hand in when they're needed. Over the next couple of weeks, he was cleaning out his room and I thought, well, that's really unusual until one night we got a phone call from one of his mates saying, um, where are those raffle tickets? They're actually due in tonight and if they don't get handed in, we'll have to cancel those tickets. And I, my son was out working, and when he came home, I said, you know, you've had those for weeks. And he said, well, Dad said put them in a safe place, and he forgot where they were. Mm. I He said to me, oh, can you hypnotise me to find them? And I thought, oh, my goodness, I was due out to go to a meeting. He, My son was due to go to a meeting. I got my textbook. I set him up in a soft 
comfortable chair out the back. And I thought, oh, he looks so tired, you know, sort of put a blanket over him, check through the textbook, um, put him into trance, (laughs) and then went off to cook dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Cooked dinner. I was getting it to serve. I I went out and I thought, oh, he's still there. So I I brought him out of trance and he (laughs) sat up straight away and he looked at us and said, did you do that or did I do that? Wow. Basically pushed past it in the kitchen and came into his bedroom and brought the money and the raffle tickets out. Wow. And I thought that was the convincer that I really just had to continue on with that. That was just wow. phenomenal. What a great story. What a great experience, <laughs> huh? Gosh, that's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And and, and so you know, from then on, <laughs> um, there were different modules offered mm. and um, the last one was uh, a diploma in uh, medical hypnosis and mm. I did that as well. Mm. Oh, that sounds um, so interesting. You've got me intrigued. So tell me or tell us, how does, um, how does it work? How does hypnosis help people? How can it help people? We live in a conscious world where we analyze and judge to go into trance is a, like an altered state of consciousness which we're in a lot of the time during the day i mean i know there's several times when i need to go to a particular place and i jump in the car and i start driving automatically in one direction then i suddenly realize oops i'm not supposed to be going there i'm supposed to be heading somewhere else so there's a a time when or when you're driving you're not sort of so totally focused on what you're doing but you you drive automatically and Mm. it's that change of awareness it's a lowering of the brainwave activity Mm. so generally for most hypnotherapists when they work they talk into a relaxation and you get past a normal relaxation stage and go into that stage just before sleep and it's then when you're most suggestible to um, to making changes. Mm. It's really like, it's really incredible and powerful, isn't it, that we, we have that available to us and like it's there, it's within us. There's this incredible... Um, state of consciousness, there's an incredible mechanism that we have to make these changes. But of course, to do it by ourselves, especially if we never trained in anything that has to do with, you know, changing our states of consciousness, whether it be meditation or what have you. Um, so to have somebody else be able to do that for us can be pretty empowering. And on that note, like, you know what's you would have you would have worked with so many people now you would have seen some incredible changes and benefits of the technique and how you've been able to help them um i don't know if you can just share some examples i know that there was some on your website and but just how hypnotherapy can change you know how how it can help us A lot of our perceptions are formed really early when we're young and if we 
depending on what we perceive and how people talk to us and how we look at ourselves through what they're saying. If it's um, a negative aspect or if we get that negative talk about ourselves, that doesn't sort of decrease. It tends to increase as we get older. Mm. So therefore we start really getting being hard on ourselves. A lot of people who... Um, start drinking or gambling or smoking can be a, an avoidance issue because of an anxiety that develops for them. Mm. I had a um, a young woman who enjoyed running, but there'd been so much pressure put on her at school that she just found that she just couldn't do that and didn't want to do that. And once that anxiety left her, she rang back sometime later and said now she was swimming and, and competitively swimming and enjoyed that, whereas before doing anything on a competitive line took her back to the pressure that she'd been put under at school, you know, to, uh, to compete there. Mm. It works in so many different ways and when you look at it, stress is generally the underlying factor in everything, um, how we're spoken to and how we view ourselves. So it's always that anxiety issue which then can develop into fears and then phobias and just stop us from being the best person that we can be. Mm, mm. You know, as your... As your um sharing that one of the things that I'm that I'm I'm curious about is does hypnosis help us get into contact with our I know you're saying the subconscious mind or the subconscious you didn't say I don't think you said subconscious mind and and I, I understand there's a there's a lot of um, in our subconscious from our early part of our life but is subconscious also where we found find our you know, kind of intuitive response to what we're feeling is that our subconscious where we find our, you know, our wisdom. Um, I'm just curious about that a bit more from your perspective and your experience. I think it allows us to get to know ourselves so much better. Um once you get the um, that confidence to be able to um, to do whatever you want to do, it then sort of takes the pressure off. And I think it also allows us to be able to internally analyse ourselves as well and just open us up a bit more. Mm. You were talking about meditation. The hypnosis, when you work with someone, actually takes you deeper into that state as well. Mm. I think also just um, just on a, a conscious level, um, looking at affirmations where you're telling yourself something, you can't just sort of say it once or twice. It's got to be something that you repeat enough in a positive way that then changes your thinking to automatically assume that that is happening for you. But are you saying that that well those affirmations are much more impactful? Of course, when when you can um, reach the subconscious. 
Yes, because then you start believing that it's true. Mm. Mm. So hypnosis from, like, I'm just trying to think, have I ever been hypnotised? I don't know if if it's been true hypnosis. I'm not sure. I know that I've experienced altered states of consciousness where I've been able to access information. Um, Where was I going with this? What I wanted to know is how, like, how, as a clinician, is this something that you're able to do on yourself? Again, I tend not to. I think to be able to do self-hypnosis, it's something that you've got to do regularly and to be using it all the time for yourself. Um, I must admit I don't do that. Mm, mm. I suppose it's like with anything else, isn't it? It's always easier when someone else can (laughs) pave the way for us. (laughs) <laughs> do what I do, not do what I, yes, yes. Do what I say, not do as I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm just um, also wondering, because you've been doing this for 20 years, as you've shared, um, and how does hypnosis continue to impact you, like through the work that you're doing with your clients? It never ceases to amaze me the benefits that people can get from it because it works on anxiety and stress levels and a lot of our physical, a lot of physical problems are stress related. Um, People who have stomach disorders or irritable bowel is often because of stress Mm. and hypnotherapy can help with that. Um, migraines and headaches. Mm. It doesn't, you know. There's, there's obviously a physical component, but there's often an emotional component as well. Mm. So there's some amazing changes that can happen with people with that. I think it just tends to free people up, just give them um, uh, the availability to be less stressed and maybe more confident and just change some areas of their lives that just haven't been working for them. Mm. I can imagine how fulfilling that would be for you, Anne, and, um, and I suppose energising and, yeah, really rewarding to be working in such way and to see these changes happen for those that come to see you. Um, are there some people who come to see you um, but they maybe, I don't know if the word is struggle with being put under hypnosis. Like what's the difference between those that um, experience tremendous benefits and perhaps those that don't? And I don't mean just generally, I don't mean specifically with you, but generally speaking, like what's the what's the character, what's the kind of person who experienced the benefits and what's someone, who is someone who you would say would not or you would not recommend hypnosis for them? And I don't mean the problems, but more about that person. Generally, if people come for hypnotherapy, they realise that they've got something that they want to change. The majority of people, when they come for their first session, 
are a little anxious about the process because they're not really sure of quite what the process is, mm. um, which is why it's always good to um, my first, my sessions first sessions are always an hour and a half to have a chat about what's been going on and just create some rapport. And therefore, it's a matter of getting people to be able to relax because that's the whole process mm. of the um, of the hypnosis. Peeps, there are some people who just can't give up that their control of the of the process. Mm. Um, I have had someone who very quickly, even after one session, did a total change in what. Uh, was happening for them. Um, I had a lady who came who had MS. She had been recommended by a doctor to see a hypnotherapist um, because she was having problems um, with frequency and and with urinating and bowel movement. Mm. And when she came, she um, was someone who obviously lied gothic and heavy metal music, dressed that way, had a jewellery that way. Mm. She came for one session, rang me, or rang me, I suppose, about three hours after the session to say that she no longer liked her dressing, no, she no longer liked her music. Wow. She would said She said she looked up at the ceiling and there was nothing there. It took me a while to work out that her mind chatter had calmed down mm. completely. Wow. And um, I said, and, and what about, you know, you, you know, going to the toilet and that? She said, oh, that's, that's all fine. But she said, I want to change back <laughs> to get, you know, so I like everything else again. So she'd done a complete switch. Wow. Um, so she came back for a second, for a session and um, – <laughs> We had a second session. I really don't know. I didn't want to follow her up after that. She was sort of messaging me every hour until such time as she came back. Mm. Um, so I don't know. But, you know, some changes can happen for some people. And for her, it was just obviously too much, too, too quickly. Much. Wow. So, okay, you don't know what happened in that case in terms of follow-up. But what was – she did come to the second session to – if I've got this right, to change back to how things were, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I said, oh, well, I'm not going to change the fact that, you know, everything's right as far as, you know, going to the bathroom. Mm. She said, that's fine. But, you know, she wanted to get that heavy metal, uh. liking her music and everything back. And, and to me, that means that really she was obviously – I don't know, it's sort of a, an anxious person because mm. you need that loud music, you mm. needed that intensity around you and she mm. was a very intense person and so maybe she actually needed that as part of her lifestyle. Mm. At this point in time anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens later on, you know, like even, mm. I don't know, 10 years from that time. Um, but like you said, you haven't hadn't followed up to find out. Yeah, mm. it is so interesting, isn't it, Anne? Just the, the power. And then some people can change. I usually like a, a week between the first and second session because mm. to the main, there's changes that happen after the first session and it depends on the intensity of the problem as to when that kicks starts kicking back in again. Mm. And so 
people can go through a full seven days and have a change or it might be three or four days and then they start reverting back. Mm. And then I like to, you know, sort of take it from there and find out what's actually causing the problem uh-huh. in the first place. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? Um, so it can, it can be, it can, the changes can happen quickly and some people can um, own and, and, and live with those changes. But for some, it can be too much. Some people need it more too gradually. Much. And this is interesting. Yep. And I find this um, certainly in the work that my husband and I do, him being the chiropractor, myself, psychologist, that, yeah, not everyone is ready for, um, everyone's ready for um, a degree of change. <laughs> Uh, those that come to see, you know, people like myself and you and John, but too much change may not be for everyone like that. That's right, yes. It, it's just too much too quickly. Mm, mm. And sometimes, you know, what's interesting is I'm thinking this, I I sometimes think, yeah, I want to change. I want to be here um, in terms of whatever it, not here, like that I'm measuring it, but in terms of growth, I'm all for growth. But then I realize that sometimes my body may not be able to take it because there's so much that changes in our body and our cells mm, mm. that I need to just tone it down a bit. <laughs> I'm just yes. thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? What a what a what a um you know, what a special journey to be on. Um and, and not that I'm making your journey, you know, more special than someone else's, but just about your journey. This is your journey and the tools that you're using to help people. Um, where do you see yourself, Anne, in, in um, let's say, I don't know, I'm just going to throw the number out 10 years from now. I certainly will never stop doing this. I'm lucky in that I'm working from home and Mm. there's certainly nothing physical about the whole process either. Mm. So I really can't see that I would ever retire Mm. from it because it's just so, it's so easy to do. Um, The fact that I don't have I suppose the, the overheads of running an office per se um, just makes it so much more comfortable for me. Mm, yeah. In I fact, th- one of the hypnotherapists in our association, he's just turned 90 and he's as busy as he's ever been and thoroughly enjoying it. And maybe the fact that he is still studying and reading up on it and having constant clients is just keeping him mentally and physically alert. Yeah, yeah, that's so that's that's awesome. That is so inspiring. I can definitely see you, yeah, treading that path. <laughs> oh, definitely. There's a real vigor in you. You definitely have that. Um and that is just so exciting. Um And really I don't see it as a job per mm, se. It, mm. Um it's just I don't know, it's it's just so nice when people can come and get a result from it. And obviously it doesn't work with everyone as as um, not everything does. It just depends on what they're looking for. But mm. I have found that people do come to have hypnotherapy as a last resort because they've gone through all the mm. uh, traditional ways of 
of trying to resolve problems. Yeah. And um, by the time they come, people are desperate and maybe there's because of the degree of desperation, they're just really wanting something to happen as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that that makes sense. I mean, I've cert- certainly seen that um, in, in my work with clients, that when people are desperate already, that they kind of allow mm. those changes to happen more so. That's right. Yes, mm. that's why they, you know, people go looking for it, you know, mm. in, in whatever capacity it is. Mm. And and I know that you're really, um, you know, you're th- this is this is your mission, um, and you really want to help people, those that that want to that want to be helped. And you know, as we were speaking before we um, started to record our conversation, when I said to you, what was your intention? Um, for having, you know, this conversation, you said to promote hypnotherapy because you've seen um, the impact that it can have on others. So um, I will certainly share your details, um, but it's for you, it's just about really knowing for, for people to understand that this can be helpful, beneficent, beneficial for so many different things, so many different problems. Uh, it doesn't have to be also a specific problem, like a medical problem. It can be just anxiety. It can be stress. It can be self-confidence. Yeah. You know, is there, That's is, right, yes. Mm, yeah. Is there any, are there any other kind of issues that you see that people are coming in with, particularly of late? When I say of late, well, let's say, I don't know, let's use um, maybe COVID as kind of a time frame. I'm just interested in that. Um, as to how long? No, um, what they're presenting, what people are coming in with. Like is there is there more anxiety that you're seeing in terms of what people are presenting with? I'm certainly not seeing a lot um, of COVID anxiety, um, just general anxiety around, I suppose the main thing that people look for um, with hypnosis when they think about it is to stop smoking and weight loss. Mm. So they're ones that um, come for that. It's interesting the stop smoking not so much because I think a lot of people have automatically stop that but it's interesting mm. that it can help with marijuana smoking mm. so I've had people recently um, that have wanted to stop smoking marijuana but um, yeah it's just anxiety and stress issues mm. in general as to um, how it might affect um, school children with doing exams and not being able to feel settled um, I've had a, a lady recently who um, is doing university and just hasn't been able to to get her assignments done on time or to um, to even sort of um, just do her exams and there was a lot of stress. There was a cultural thing happening with her as well. Mm. Um, culture, her culture was basically telling her that she wasn't good enough to be to do that and her family had been pressuring her that um, she didn't deserve to do that and now she was here in Australia mm-hmm. doing it. There was some part of her that was really sort of holding her back even though she was passionate in doing what she wanted to do. Mm. Um, yeah, just come, everything just comes from totally different angles. It's, um, mm. Mm. it's fascinating, isn't it? 
Mm. Um, and I can I could continue unpacking this so much more. Um, but I I really feel I feel like we've kind of shared what we wanted to by all you've shared in terms of um, yeah in terms of really giving a voice to hypnotherapy and the work that you do. Anything else that you'd like to leave our listeners with? I would just like hypnotherapy to be more widely accepted. I think it's um, people do um, to have the scientific side of it looked at is always difficult. It's something that really can't be tested because you can't, everybody is such an individual that it is really hard to do any group research on a particular um of a particular issue. Mm. I know there's um, things like hypnobirthing and mm. there are um, studies done on irritable bowel, but they're not in big numbers just because there aren't the – you'd have to have the same thing said to to a particular person and it depends on what degree they are in. So mm. I think it just hasn't got that scientific backing because – when you're working with individuals and the way they're thinking, you just can't do it as you would with the pharmacy when they're, you know, people are, are testing um, medications mm. and things like that. Mm. So it's just, I think the fact that it doesn't get the scientific research to the degree that um, the medicos would really like it mm. so that they um, could recommend it um, probably means that we're always a bit behind the eight ball with that. Mm. Would you say that it's more – is it more accepted in other countries like, say, say the States or um, certain parts of Europe? I'm just curious. It's interesting because the teach my teacher um, was American and when um, I've been in touch with them over there, and even there, there still tends to be a reluctance for mm. hypnotherapy. Mm. Um, it's it's really interesting because in the early 1800s, there was a Scottish physician doing um, surgery on people because he'd actually been able to put people into a coma state to work on them before anesthetics and was mm. getting really good results because then the body wasn't being shocked. Mm. Um, it just hasn't really seemed to hit the mark mm. along the line for another modality that's um, into its own like yeah. some of the others have come forward mm. in the last you know, 50 odd years. Well, perhaps it's kind of, well, hoping it's on its way to almost becoming part of the mainstream. I mean, that would be really wonderful. I know we've had a, um, and you may know of him, oh, his name escapes him here in Leichhardt. He was quite well known. Um, he was a GP and a hypnotherapist, which is kind of a cool combination, really. And, 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 and a credit to, you know, him as a hypnotherapist wanting to do that. And mm. um, to wanting to, you know, use hypnotherapy to help his patients. Um, so, and and I like, I just think, gosh, the scope of hypnotherapy, especially with alongside other professions, would be is incredible. Like, okay, there's yes, a hypnotherapist, but you know, to use it for other things, it's it can be used with just so much that um, I know some marketing people say, you know, you've got to specialise, but 
for hypnotherapy, I don't see how you can specialise because it's just such a wide variety of um, of issues that you can uh, work with. Mm, yeah, I mean, okay, like it seems to be more used. I know there's dentists, so GPs, there's um, perhaps some of the alternate therapists, there's a lot of coaches that are going to that now. So maybe some coaches are using that without clients That's necessarily right, yes. saying that, oh, I went to see a hypnotherapist. Maybe they don't even know that it's hypnotherapy that it's that's um, being done. Um, but yeah, I have a feeling it would be such a wonderful addition. Like even to, I'm just thinking psychology as a degree to have that. Like it would just, it would just empower. Enhance. Yeah, yeah and, empower. and enhance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and thank you so much for sharing your work with us, and certainly your passionate energy and vigor for the work that you do. Um, who knows? I might um, experience a session with you one day. <laughs> Um, because, but I'll, you know, I'll take my time because I know you'll be around. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be here. You're not going anywhere. So it's great to know you're, you're here. Um, and I'm going to share your details in the resource, um, section and, um, yeah, thank you so much for, um, yeah, for our conversation. And thank you for allowing me to, uh, to speak to you about it. It's really been really wonderful. Thanks, Susie. Thanks for joining me today on Empowered Conversations. Subscribe to the show now and then head over to my Facebook page, Susie Petrozzi, for free personal growth and self-discovery tools that you can use today to be present, be powerful and be on purpose. See you next time for Empowered Conversations. Empowered Conversations.